Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. I'm living out all the hopes and dreams of me when I was a boy. You can look behind me and see that I've never let go. I'll never let go. I'll never let go. No, I love my Batman toys. So it is what it is, man. You know, it makes a great conversation piece. So how's everyone doing today? I hope you are doing well. This is the fourth interview that I've had today as part of the PodMax event. I've never done four before, so this is kind of cool. And I am joined, last but not least, by Helene Knapp. Helene is the owner and founder of a company called City Row, and she is going to tell us all about it, what her inspiration was, what it is. Could be a number of things. Now, she's a little disappointed, so you may hear it in her tone. She couldn't find her blue blockers before we started recording. So, I mean, I'm a little disappointed. I have mine. I thought we'd be Twinkies, but, you know, whatever. We'll go with the flow. Helene, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Larry. I'm happy to be here, blue light bloggers or not. There you go. That's all that matters, man. As long as you're happy to be here, you got a great message to share, and we're going to have a great time doing that together. Tell me more. Tell me more. What is City Row? Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you everything, Larry. But I think at the highest level, you should know what City Row is. It's a rowing-based fitness concept. We have brick-and-mortar physical studios nationwide. And we also have an at-home on-demand platform where we have a custom rower and an app, hundreds of classes, and we're really helping people stay fit, whether they're at home or can go into a studio. Very, very cool. And now you say there's hundreds of classes. Help me conceptualize this. I've never been much of a rower. There was a time when I was much more felt than I am today, but rowing machines weren't really part of my, my regular routine. I was more of a cardio karate kind of guy, you know, just up there jumping and bouncing and showing folks how to do it. Um, how do you have hundreds of classes with rowing? Is it not just one static motion? How do you mix that up? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, Larry, is I'm not a, I'm not a big historically a rower either. Your, your gateway drug, I like to say, might have been uh, karate. Or, yes. or boxing. Yes. Mine was spin classes. So I took those like they were M&Ms. Oh. And I was, I thought I was good. I thought I was good at them. But turns out I really basically broke my back doing it. Her needed a couple discs that forced me to look at what I was doing and really find something that was going to be more low impact. Wow. Well, hold on now. Cause, and now I've never taken a spin class. Okay. Cause all these fun little fads started coming around after Larry stopped really caring too much. I've been married 20 years, so it's, it's all good. I can just kind of chill, you know. But how is spinning class, aren't you on a stationary bike? How is that not low impact? Well, Larry, you give me, you give me an hour, and I can, I can tell you where you can go, or you'll learn that it's more, uh, hopefully, if it's a good one, you're doing a lot of great dancing on a spin bike. Oh, okay. All right. I can dig that. So that sounds fun. So that's what I, that's what I was doing. And if you don't have a good core strength, and you're not doing things properly, all the discs apparently can fly out of your back. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you needed to come up with something a little less impactful than uh, the spin classes. And so were you introduced to rowing or did you decide to give it a try and fell in love? How did that take place? Uh, it wasn't a quick love affair, 
Larry, I first did a little bit of research because I was told I needed a low impact workout and I didn't know what that was, Thought I was doing everything right. Turns out I broke my back, but I did a little bit of research and turns out I learned how good this throwing thing was for you and there was nowhere to do it. So I started talking to people about it. I tried it a couple of times. I realized it was really hard and I didn't want to do it for an hour. So I actually started thinking about an interval based class. So rowing, mat work, rowing, lifting a dumbbell, doing some mobility work back and forth, back and forth. Hit training is like really, really good for you. Right. So that was my idea behind it. But I also, I don't know if, when's the last time you've seen a rowing machine, not in person, obviously, but well, well, thanks for the, obviously tacking that on there. I don't know that that was necessary really, but we'll roll with it. Door is uh, open. <laughs> <laughs> and you stepped right through. So no, um, actually I was looking, <laughs> you're not going to believe me, but I was looking at them just last week because I was debating whether to get a bike or potentially get a rowing machine. And I was looking at the Pelotons and I was looking at the, uh, God, what are they? The fan bikes, you know, the ones that are all oh, nice that, and loud. The assault bikes. Uh, yes. I don't think you're, I don't think, I don't think you'll be happy with that. You don't think I'll be happy with an assault bike. Okay. After eight minutes of a, of a, of a call, no way. <laughs> So let's talk about your machine. It's actually water-based and it's wooden. So it's, I knew that I had to change the image of rowing because I, when I started this thing, I was a 25 year old girl who couldn't picture myself on the ugly metal machine. And I knew that it had a, a lot of legs. It was this like unsung hero of the gym, but I had to give it a makeover. Okay. So I partnered with a company called water rower to build our custom machine and it's actually a flywheel of water and it stands up beautifully against the corner of your room. And we have been selling them since 2018. And we built out some pretty sexy software where we actually have hundreds of film classes that are a combination of our signature hit training class, which every class is different. We do some more endurance classes. That's kind of more longer pushes. We also do um, some floor work. If you want to, you know, not hit the rower that day, we do yoga, we do some mobility work, but a lot of rowing classes, a lot of fun challenges. And yeah, that's cool. So I'm looking at the machine and it is a very unique piece of equipment, or it looks like a very unique piece of equipment. Does it attach? And, and, and I'm looking at this on a camera. So folks, if, if you don't watch the video and you're only hearing the podcast episode, it looks like it's connected to your ceiling. Is, is that, am I right there? You're not right, Larry, but that's totally fine because I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. Right now, um, <laughs> the, the rower that you're seeing behind me is standing up against the wall because it's not in use. And I'm oh. in a tiny New York City apartment, but typically they are along the floor. They are about seven feet long and you use your own phone or your tablet on our classic machine, our new City Road Go Max. You use a built-in 19-inch beautiful tablet to stream off your classes. Um, but a pretty cool thing about the rower is that it does stand up and it won't take up a lot of room. So you can have it in your living room and it looks really pretty. Yeah, I mean, it does. It looks very nice. It's very sleek, uh, very modern looking. And it, it doesn't look like your typical rowing machine, which obviously looks like a like a torture device out of, out of the medieval times. So I would agree with that. Definitely does not fall into that category whatsoever. So let's talk about the design process. How did you go about that? And what inspired the look that the machine has today? So for me, it was really important that if I was going to change the image of something that's been around for hundreds of years, 
I had to take a totally different approach to it. I couldn't come close to the, what I call the ugly metal torture device, which you hit the nail on the head with that one. I had to, I had to go a little rogue with it. And one of the other key, key items here was that I was going to be introducing rowing to a lot of people who'd never done it before. And to do that, I had to make it really accessible. And so with the City Row Go design, it's a water tank. So it feels very organic. I like when things are organic, just as a baseline. That's hilarious. The wooden elements of, of, of the machine are really lovely. Uh, like this is a really beautiful piece of not just equipment, but life. And I think it's a metaphor for how do we make fitness part of who we are and part of our life? not something that we're, we're forcing in because we know that we have to. So those are some really important elements for us. And it's black because I, I love, I love things that are, that are black. I only wear black and white. I want to fit in, want to be really sleek. Like this is something that needs to be part of who you are. That's cool. You know, I said that was hilarious when you said the word organic. My wife gives me a hard time because everything I do, I want my conversations to be organic. I want my podcast to be organic. Whenever I do artwork or I design something, I want to design it organically. So to hear you come and say it was designed with an organic feel to it, that just really hit home for me. So uh, that's kind of cool right there. So that is cool in the fact that it has many, many, just from what I've seen, and I've just glanced at it, unique design elements to it. Now, traditionally, I'm used to seeing a rowing machine with either a flywheel of some sort on the end or a, a fan of some sort on the end, but yours is water based. Let's talk about that. What is that doing for us? And how does that provide the necessary resistance to get that rowing exercise in? Yeah, great question, Larry. So I don't know if you can picture this, but even before we were riding bikes, we were rowing on the water. And I'm not saying we, I'm saying our ancestors, right? Sure. So people have been rowing on with water, I would say arguably for a tremendous amount of years. I'm not good at guesstimating those kind of things. I would go a couple thousand. You tell me. It's been, it's been a while. We've been rowing. A day or two. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> day or two. Fine. <laughs> We've been rowing on the water forever. So this machine mimics the feeling of rowing on the water in that you're actually moving water in every single stroke. I think what is a key difference between a water wheel, which is what we have, to the fan that you're probably thinking of with the torture device is that the resistance in the water rower is a lot more evenly spaced out throughout the tenure of your stroke. Whereas in the flywheel, you're getting a lot of the resistance in the first third of the stroke, if that makes a lot of sense. So it's actually a lot easier for people that are not professional or avid rowers to learn to row and to learn to row properly on the water rower because it's a little bit easier for a new person, if that makes sense. Sure. And as you become more adept at or adept at rowing, is there a way to apply additional resistance? And do you do that by just add water or how, how do we address that concern? So a really interesting concept about rowing in general, and I would say specifically to, to our machine, is you'll never have to add more water to it. And there is no button for resistance. You bring everything to every stroke. And if you need more resistance, you bring that by pushing harder. And it is a question that I get a lot, particularly from my guy friends who are like, I want a high resistance thing. Right. Just put more, is there one that has more water in it? And I'm like, take a class, push hard, then push harder and let me know if you want more resistance. And no one's ever come back to me. That's interesting. That's very cool. 
Where do you take classes? You say they're all over the country. You have brick and mortar stores that, that hold classes. Are they specific to your rowing machines? I mean, do you, is it a gym that's only geared towards your rowing machine and, and mat work? Or do you find them in other facilities and other branded gyms? We have about 15 city rows across the country Okay, that are branded city row. They do use our classic machine and you are taking our signature classes within the, the four walls. It's anywhere from 18 to 22 people. We have classes all the way from Portland to LA to San Diego, Dallas, Denver, Atlanta, Boca, Des Moines, Long Island, you name it. We got them all over and you'll be experiencing similar to what you experience at home, but with a ton more energy and a lot more motivation, not to mention a little bit of peer pressure. <laughs> you know, the one thing, to, the one way to get a good workout is to go with friends because that peer pressure will drive you more than anything you can possibly imagine. It, you're just, you're not going to get that at the house. It's just not going to happen because you get tired at the casa you know, the wife's not working out with you. You're like, well, I can skip these last 10 setups because the abs are a little sore. But you're not going to do that at the gym. You're not going to do that when you're surrounded by friends that are rowing their rears off and you're sitting there slacking. So that's kind of cool. So true. Whereabouts in Dallas? I'm in Dallas and I think it's kind of cool. I I'd like to check out a, a, a city row gym. Do, do you know where in Dallas, by any chance? Am I putting you on the spot? It's in Allen, Texas. So it's a little outside the city in a suburb. But I know exactly you, uh, you, you check out the schedule and uh, my guest. And you, oh, I my got, guest. So I can just drop a name and I can walk right in. And I can be like, hey, guys, I, I, I know Helene. I mean, I'm, I'm here. Yes. Wow. I'm, I'm big, and uh, big my now. face might be in the bathroom in a couple of places. So it's not creepy. Don't get weirded out. But you'll actually, you will be worded out. You're not going to like that. Yeah. I, I, oh, wow. I don't even know what to say to that. You know, it's, it's a funny story though. When you build <laughs> out, when you build out what these things are going to look like across the country and they all look the same, right? Like quality control and making sure that we exude the brand at every touch point across the country is really important to keep the brand equity really high. We have a lot of great press that we've had over the years and you want to, you know, have that external validation, right? Nobody believes the brand. They believe third parties. We got to keep it organic. But we put a lot of press up in our studios and there's not a whole lot of real estate. So a lot of the press clippings end up being in the bathroom. So that's why my face is in the bathroom a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to go just to check that out. Oh, I know her. Yeah. I get a lot of weird <laughs> selfies from friends across the country. <laughs> that's hilarious. So that, that's cool, though, man. Allen is a, a high-end suburb. so. That is, that's pretty awesome to have something there in that environment. You got the massive stadium over there that the kids have the, I think it's the number one or number two most expensive high school football stadium in the world or something like that. It's insane. So Allen's a cool spot. Have you been to each of your 15 facilities? It's a great question. <laughs> I was visiting all of them when they opened, but then we, um, I don't know if you've heard about this. We, uh, we had this global pandemic. Oh yeah. Yeah which just like kind of put a damper on some travel. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately I haven't been able to make it to a lot of the newer ones that have opened, but hey, let's cool. uh, fingers crossed for 2021. Right. Right. So speaking of 2021, are you taking this thing global or are you keeping it domestic? What are your plans for, for the future of city row? So I think I mentioned we have a new rower coming out on September 15th. That's really, really soon. That's five days. And yeah, no, I know. 
I'm busy. It's pretty, pretty crazy over here, Larry. Um, but <laughs> we've been working on that for about two years and it's going to be a, a more premium rower than the ones that we've had in the marketplace for a while. We're still going to sell our classic machine because it's a, it's a really, really affordable price point for a luxury piece of equipment. But we did see a need for one that had an integrated tablet with it. So that's launching our City Road Go Max next week. And it'll be a pretty bu- busy end of the year as we get into holiday. And we know that people are really, really looking to add something to their at-home fitness routine, particularly during COVID. And as we enter winter, there are a lot of tailwinds behind that side of the business. We also have a lot of brick and mortar studios that have started to reopen. We have a bunch more that will reopen. And then some that are going to grand open this year. So emphasis on a lot of domestic expansion from, from a studio perspective selling a ton more machines and welcoming a lot more people to our digital community over the next couple of months and into 2021. And then we do have a little bit of an international presence. So once we tackle the U.S., we'll go, we'll go outside. You know, it's pretty amazing to hear everything that you're doing. Now, did you say you started this in, in 17? Is that right? I launched the very first studio in 2014. 14. Okay. I was a child. Okay. I was a child. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, though, that it was 14. But man, even then, we're only looking at six years and you have, uh, did you say 15 locations nationwide? We do with another 35 on the horizon. And I think you were trying to ask me when we launched the digital business. We launched that in 2018. Okay. So you launched digital in 2018, which I mean, that, that's kind of seems like that's the the route things are going, even with equipment. You know, you said that you, you knew there was a need for a piece of equipment that had a built-in tablet. And it seems like a lot of the higher end home type equipment is uh, they're coming with uh, tablets integrated into them so they can have these types of programs. So it's, it's really cool that you're coming out with something along those lines. Give me an idea when we're talking about the digital content, is that a subscription based service or when you buy the equipment, does, do you, do you get a complimentary trial period or is it part of the equipment? How does that work? It's a great question. Subscription is separate from the actual piece of equipment. So you purchase the piece of equipment, you get a, a trial period, and then your subscription starts. So the subscription to the app is $29 a month. There was also an annual upfront fee where you get a big discount. You know someone, maybe someone can get you a three-month free code. Maybe, Larry, I mean, you I can get know. a couple months free, but it's a separate it's a separate fee. So it's an upfront cost and an ongoing. That's cool. And now- you're blowing me away because you've achieved so much in such a short period of t- period of time. Thank you. I mean, how did you put all this together? How, how did you bring it together like this? Because I can't even conceptualize making the progress that you've made in such a short amount of time. Give me some insight into Helene. What, what made Ooh. you the powerhouse that you are? Well, first of all, thank you for that. It's a lot of resilience, a lot of tenacity, and just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Okay. I cry a lot and I yeah. sweat a lot. I'm, I don't have a lot of blood anymore. I don't really bleed that often, but uh, the crying and the sweating, I do a lot of that and I'm still just not getting that traction that you're getting. So I'm extremely jelly at this point. My biggest piece of advice I think that I would tell new entrepreneurs or really kind of anyone is you have to know what you're really good at, but more importantly, what you're not good at. And I, I, knew, I knew going into this that I was a really good problem solver and that I could communicate and work with people really well. And I can, I can navigate and negotiate things. And I had a vision. So I went into pretty eyes wide open. I also knew what I wasn't good at. Like I'm not a fitness professional. I've never taught a class. Never will. I'm not the best branded 
branding piece person or even a copywriter. So my co-founder is, is, is ninja at those things. So it's being able to know what you're good at, surround yourself with people that have complementary skill sets. And then I am just, I'm a, I'm a driver. My co-founder said that I'm the constant push forward. I'm 15 steps ahead. I run a million miles a minute, but I really have an am- amazing team team behind me that's helping execute the vision along the way. It takes a village, really does. Yeah, and, and that's cool. And I think so many times as entrepreneurs, folks look beyond that. They go, well, I see Helene is crushing it. How does she do it by herself? Look, folks, no one does it by themselves. And it's like you just said, it takes a village and it takes understanding your internal psyche and what you are good at and what you're not good at. And I'm pretty confident, Helene, you can, you can uh, confirm or deny that you kind of have to leave the ego at the door because if you want to try to do everything and you're out there founding your business and it's your idea and it's your way or the highway, that's a lot of ego-driven decisions that you're making there. And a lot of times it's going to bite you in the backside. Agree or disagree? Agree. That was simple. I would agree with that. (laughs) It's an interesting dynamic that you bring up ego because I think on the one hand, you have to be incredibly humble. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not about being right ever. I love just, I'm the first person to know when I'm wrong. I think that's a really important skill that you have to, you have to come by. But at the same time, you have to have that unwavering belief and confidence mm-hmm. at, at all times. Right. When I'm fundraising or going out there, like I have to have a little bit of an ego. And I think if there's something I can probably work on, it would be to have not more of an ego because I don't think that's a great word, but you have to constantly be bringing confidence. Is probably another way to say it. Yeah, and and I dig that because it's so hard, especially I relate a lot of things to martial arts because that's where I came from back in the day. Was I always wanted to be that tough guy because I was skinny back then, believe it or not. Six foot three, buck fifty-five is what I walked around at, right? So very, very skinny growing up and took a lot of whoopings. So I figured if I knew karate, I'd be the cat daddy. And so I learned karate kind of like Daniel San, right? You know who Daniel San is, right? Karate Kid? Oh, okay. Karate Kid. Whew. Karate Kid. I'm I not like, great with names. I, I got to go. This is over. No, I got no. you on Karate Kid. <laughs> even if I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell just, this yeah, one just hard. Just lie, because I'm, I'm looking at the camera. I'm not even seeing your eyes right now, so I'll believe you. I promise. So Great. <laughs> so the thing was, though, man, once I learned a little bit of karate, I started thinking I was a badass, right? Not only did I have confidence in my skills, I was cocky, and I was not a very nice person. And that in itself eventually led to a a fall. Granted, I learned some lessons during that fall, and that was great. But the lesson there is this works in business as well. Once you start tasting a little success, it's easy to start living off of that high and start living off of yourself and thinking that you are the cat daddy when that confidence is necessary, but you got to balance it as well and, and not let that ego take over. But you're right, Helene, you know, in, in negotiating and in presenting new ideas, you have to have that confidence. But we as, as new entrepreneurs, we have to know how to walk or at least learn how to walk that fine line. And that can be the difference between success and complete and utter failure. Totally agree with you. It's an interesting uh, place to be navigating these days, but I wouldn't have it any other way. These days, it's especially difficult in, in that regard because. Everybody knows about the unrest that we have here in the States right now and the difficult times that we're going through, but it's an evolutionary process. And as individuals, it's up to us to evolve with the times as well. And that's applicable in all areas of our lives, not just our day-to-day lives, but in in our entrepreneurial lives as well. 
And if you don't look around and you don't learn those, those life lessons that are right there in your face and start applying some of the concepts to your day-to-day business practices, you're going to struggle there as well. And it just looks to me, Helene, like you have somehow learned, or maybe it's just a natural talent to balance all of that and lead you to where you're at today. You've got a very gorgeous piece of equipment there along the wall. You're coming out with another, I'm sure, just as gorgeous, if not more gorgeous piece of equipment in five days. You're taking the time to market that here on with PodMax and on the Readily Random podcast. And I'm sure you've been on a couple of others today as well. Although when you joined me, I didn't, I didn't recognize you. I was like, has, have you been here all day? I got to ask you that. Have you been here all day? No, I've, I've done a couple, but I've, I had a couple of prior engagements this morning. So I, I did the afternoon session. I got you. Okay. And, and that's cool. That's great, man. So I'm, you're, you're lucky. You're, you're one of two for me. I know I'm one of four for you. I feel blessed. I do. I feel blessed. Well, I've been with the PodMax group before. I'm kind of a business partner of the PodMax guys. We work together quite a bit. So if there's somebody that needs to maybe step in and help out a little bit because we're short on hosts, who are they going to go to? The cat daddy. That's me. But no, I'm just again kidding. So tell tell us what do you, what are your plans when you release this new piece of equipment? Is it going in all your gyms? Is this strictly for home distribution? What is the plan for the new uh, the new row machine? The new City Road Go Max, strictly for at home consumption. It's a more luxury high end product. It's got a beautiful built in tablet that swivels for floor work as well. So you're on the rower, you're on the mat, you can move it around. It's really quite beautiful and compact and it will be loaded with our software where you can watch all the on-demand classes. It tracks all of your data and um, we'll be launching it pretty much domestically through paid channels, through influencer channels, a lot of organic media. We've got a huge, huge, huge community of users already on the platform. Some of them have our machine and some of them don't have our machine. So we know that they're really excited for it. We've been talking about it for a while. And it's going to be a pretty, pretty insane holiday season. I think for us, it's let's make sure we can keep up with the demand. And that's a good problem. That is a great problem, to be honest with you. It's one that I wish I had many, many times in the past. When I wish somebody buy this damn thing, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to have that problem at all. How do you, how, how do you go about designing something like that? How do you sit back and go, you know, uh, we want to make this gorgeous. We want to make this portable per se. Uh, We want to do it for a home. We want it to look good in a well-decorated home. Uh, What are some of the steps involved there from concept to manufacturing? First step was find something in market that you think is, is really beautiful and maybe even speaks to a little bit of what you're looking for. I had a pretty good idea of what I what I wanted from having these studios open for so long. And we had been partnered with Water Rower as a company based out of Rhode Island for many, many, many years. So we actually worked in developing it with those guys. Okay. And so we went up there a lot of times, talked about different concepts. We did a couple of iterations um, from the, on the technology side of things, as well as on the hardware side of things. So for us, like we're really a tech company at the end of the day. And our manufacturer is really a manufacturer at the end of the day. So we gave them a couple of requirements on our end. They came to us a couple of different concepts. It has evolved over time. It's really important to us that the tech feels very seamless and that the tech is built for what we do in studio and at home. So first step was creating a monitor that would serve up the really, really basic data that you need, particularly for new rowers. Like 
most people haven't wrote in the water. They haven't written concept to you done it a couple of times. Like how can we make this really, really, really easy for you? And so that was the first step for us. And then water River helped us iterate on it. And then the second machine, we've been working with a third party called Sweatworks to help us really understand what the, the cutting edge technology from a software and hardware perspective is when it comes to a tablet. So we picked a couple of sexy things from a menu. Like when you have the new machine, we'll be able to remote in and tell you if there's something wrong with it, or we can update your software for you, or we can actually be in your home and maybe we can see you. I don't know. Um, but you get to kind of like pick, pick a, you know, it's a Chinese menu of things. And we picked a couple of things that we thought were pretty cool with some advice and it always takes longer than you think. Wow. That that's, so you can see your faces in the bathroom. You can see me when I'm, I'm starting to get a little nervous here as far as the, the whole privacy thing goes. I got to tell you. Uh, really? This is what's getting you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the whole concept of exercising. That's what's getting me. Uh, yeah, that was a cop out, but I'll, I'll hear you for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, man. You know, it's, and, and that's one of the things that's so hard to understand too, man. You, you sit back as a as a one a entrepreneur, as somebody that wants to be an entrepreneur, and maybe you have this idea, but you just don't know how to put it into action. If someone had an idea that not necessarily would compete with you, but any kind of idea that would require a design and manufacturing type scenario, what's some of the best advice? Just one piece that you could give them that's actionable today? Start making decisions to move the company forward. What, it's one decision at a time. One thing at a time, answer one question at a time. It is just one step. But I'll follow that up with two little nuggets. One is know what you're good at and be real about, about it. This is not rainbows and butterflies. I think there's a lot of romance around entrepreneurship and starting your own company and uh, you should do it. It's so great to be your own boss. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And if you want to jump in, do it. But that water is really, really cold. Well, if you keep your rower upright, you don't even end up in the water. So that's kind of cool, right? My strategy. Ta-da! How you like that? Helene, you know, we keep getting these, the, the, these alerts going, hey, five minutes, hey, 10 minutes, you got to go, you got to go. So let's start wrapping this thing up and tell folks, where can they find out more information about your wonderful new machine? And about you, how can they reach out to you for, for more info, all that good kind of stuff? Yeah, check us out, go.cityrow.com, just cityrow.com, at cityrow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at Helene Knapp on Instagram or on LinkedIn, or just shoot us an email. Cool. Info at cityrow.com. Cool deal. Well, Helene, this was a pleasure getting to know you. And I, of course, today we had no idea who we were talking to, so I wasn't able to prepare that's kind of makes it fun too. I don't like being too prepared for some of these conversations because I like for them to evolve what? Organically? Yes, it's so much fun. So, Elaine, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Larry. Have a good one. All right, we'll see you. Hey, you could be larger than-